This is a snapshot, a moment, a sneak inside the minds of five inspiring people. People who did exceptional things, unexpected things. Things that transformed them during their time at Edinburgh. So my name's Charlie Thomas and I was at Edinburgh University from 2016 until uh, May 2019. And I now run a men's shirt brand called Babylon Hemp, which sells men's shirts uh, made of a fabric called hemp. Um, and I'm on a mission to reintroduce hemp to men's wardrobes because of the water savings that hemp has over other fabrics, uh, notably using five times less water um, than cotton to grow. Well, I wasn't expecting to, to sort of work in sustainable fashion. It was something that I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do work-wise. And I kind of assumed I would, I'd work in, in London in a finance job or something like that. And when I was at uni in my, in my third year, I got an email promoting a sustainable fashion trek to India to look at the, um, the fashion industry and, and behind the scenes of the cotton industry and how much, how much water it used. The trip promised to sort of educate us a bit on the pitfalls of fashion and, and how we might maybe contribute to something a bit better in the future. I was always one to sort of say yes to, to unusual opportunities. You never know what's going to come off something if you don't say yes to it. I mean, if you're guaranteed to get nothing if you say no. Uh, so I always say yes to those kind of things. And, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, we started in Mumbai. I think there are about 25 of us, um, all in third year at Edinburgh. And about 15 were studying fashion and textiles and a few of us are doing business and uh, a few in art and so on. And one, I remember one day we drove out of Mumbai about a three or four hour bus journey into Maharashtra's largest cotton processing farm um, and factory. So that the cotton is brought in from the outfields in these huge bundles and then gradually processed through various different mechanisms uh, into a fine yarn that they then sold to clothing factories. Driving in, we saw, you know, colossal amounts of water being pumped onto the fields and, and chemicals as well. And, you know, some in, in this farm wasn't, but neighboring ones use airplanes to distribute chemicals and pesticides on the fields because it has such a wide spread and such a fast way of doing it. And, and that was one thing that interested me a lot was that I hadn't I wasn't aware of the kind of the amount of liquid that went onto the clothing. And and then another, for example, another time we went to a. Uh, a factory which was pioneering sort of um, artisanal manufacturing processes with with just uh, very historic Indian techniques of block printing um, using natural dyes from from beetroot and and things like and pomegranate uh, that really captured my interest of where you can just use you know natural products to to make cool things like that uh, with very little uh, chemical wastage or anything. I I knew a bit about what went on because you know just through geography I was aware of of um, how the Aral Sea had been uh, had disappeared in in kind of Uzbekistan because the the Russian at the time the USSR diverted some rivers um, to irrigate the area in western Uzbekistan to grow cotton and I studied that at uni actually in my second year um, and I knew that that was a thing in terms of the water usage but I kind of seeing it happen in person was very different from just seeing it in a textbook. I never thought it would affect me or, or that I'd be in a situation to be a person who could do anything about it. 
I just felt like, gosh, there's nothing I can do about this. What did feel a little bit helpless that you know, I knew I was going to fly back to the UK and, and my next item of clothing was probably going to be cotton because I didn't really know what else um, I could have worn, really. But what can I do about it? I'm just a small person in, in six and a half billion people. What am I going to do about it? Whilst we're in India, the the final day was a really fun day. We were in a, uh, a university in Mumbai and we had sort of five or six local companies uh, or NGOs come in to present their, the way they're approaching the sustainable fashion industry. But the company that really interested me was an, an Indian hemp clothing startup that was pioneering hemp clothing in India. And these two cool guys, I was 21 at the time and they were 28, 29, um, were talking about how they, they were using hemp fabric, which was a fabric that had been around for thousands and thousands of years. Um, but then it was made illegal to grow because it's linked to the cannabis plant. Um, but most importantly, it grew only requiring rainwater and no chemicals or pesticides. So it had basically just had an interesting history, had, you know, had a, been used for thousands of years. Um, and ecologically, it was the solution to what I'd learned about as a problem in the days beforehand in out in the fields uh and i was like wow that's amazing and, and my instant reaction was simply i'd like to buy some of this clothing it looks nice it's got an interesting story and these guys are these guys are fixing this problem of of war of, of cotton so i actually uh i actually spent the next year working with them trying to be a distributor for a um for, for this company in in the uk with a pal of mine who was on the trip um and we, we didn't really get very far because we were very young. We didn't know what we were doing in terms of uh, we had new enough for e-commerce. And then I decided that I kind of didn't want to just be a salesperson for this brand for my whole life. I wanted to build something of my own. So uh, I'd always loved shirts, always loved men's shirts and kind of understood a tiny bit about e-commerce, but not very much. Um, and, and found that uh, through... The fabric, you know, through my love of shirts, learning about e-commerce as a way to get out to people um, would be a way to do a tiny, tiny, tiny bit to solve uh, the problem that so much clothing we make is and buy is cotton. And, and I wanted to provide an alternative. And so, yeah, I spent the last two years um, trying to trying to do that. So at uni, I ran, I think I ran 14 marathons in my four years at university um including a double iron man which was 42 hours of non-stop triathlon training for a marathon you literally just start with 5k and then you every day you just work on it and you do a little bit more every day kind of thing until you get your end result of you know doing the race with the marathon uh i kind of applied that to work when i, I at the start i knew absolutely nothing about e-commerce and didn't have a clue about what a domain name was how to build a website how to drive traffic to a website how to you know get top of google as um the shirt brand now is had no idea what those what those tactics were but just applying the kind of um yeah similar kind of running training principles of starting with a 5k and just working it every day kind of over a two and a half year period as i have done now um of just incrementally improving things at some points i didn't i went like three days without selling a shirt Luckily, I had a full-time job at the time with a tech company in London that meant it wasn't too big a problem. But, you know, when you kind of, you don't sell a single, you don't have a single piece of income for three days on what you think is going to be your life's, you know, the business you're trying to build. 
um, you kind of just sit there going, oh God, maybe I'm not the right person to do this. Maybe I'm bitten off more than I can chew. And I still have it when I only sell two shirts in a day. I still have that same kind of thing. Like maybe this isn't a very good idea. But I, yeah, I think it just comes back to the, the, the actual underlying mission of what you're trying to do. Um, and, and that is to turn people away from using cotton and, and get people towards hemp. And, and luckily, I've got a bit of a track record of customers and stuff now that I have had bad times. And I've um, all I do is I read emails from happy customers. All my great customers who've written me nice reviews, appreciate them a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, sustainable is, it's a really tough word um, because the most sustainable thing you can do in clothing is to never make anything ever again. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that's not the case. And whether I like it or not, I make clothing for a living. Yeah, I, I create fabric which then a factory turns into clothing and is shipped across the world and sold. You know, that's not perfect. I'm not going to sit here pretending it is. But what's the alternative? It's that people are going to be buying. People are never going to stop buying clothing. That's not going to happen. So you just have to basically create an alternative way for things to be done better. We all have role models, people we look up to, people who encourage us or who leave a mark on our life. We asked our podcast guests who inspires them. Um, so the first one is uh, Eve Schoenard, who founded Patagonia. Um, Patagonia Clothing is, you know, it's a well-known clothing brand. But actually, what they—they're not really a clothing brand. They're, they're more of sort of—they're trying to create a revolution. Um, whereby people are just wearing better clothing made from fabrics, upcycled fabrics. And, and it kind of, he's tried to pioneer a different way of, of people to think about what they're consuming through clothing. Um, so all of their marketing they do, um, it just wants people to imagine how they can live a better lifestyle, um, which doesn't harm the planet quite as much. And the clothing they sell to monetize that dream that ha- has a much smaller footprint on the planet than most other brands because of the the fabrics are being upcycled, the second hand or, or hemp or, or whatever it may be. And then the other is Nick Wheeler, who founded Charles Tirrett Shirts when he was at Bristol Uni in 1986, and has built that into a you know enormous shirt brand that I think he sells about five million shirts a year, uh, which is just incredible. Having started you know from uni selling um, twenty a week when he was a student. Our podcast guests were supported by Student Experience Grants, one-off awards that help fund innovative projects that help students make the most of their time at Edinburgh. The grants are funded by Edinburgh alumni and friends. Without their generosity, the scheme would not exist. Have you been inspired by this story? Are you a student or member of staff looking for funding? Search Student Experience Grants on the university website to find out how to apply for support. Thank you for listening. And thank you to the donors who make the student experience grants possible.